This is Tabitha. Welcome to White Wellness Radio. Today, August 9th, 2022, broadcasting out of New York for White Wellness Radio. That song right there, The Velvet Furs, or sorry, The Velvet Underground with uh, Venus and Furs way back in 1967. Thought it was an appropriate song given the subject matter or topic of today's broadcast, which is titled, kind of a intense title, but it's going to be an intense show. I did a lot of information digging in the last week or so and well I just keep on finding more and more I'm realizing that sex is the biggest rabbit hole or rabbi hole of them all because how we relate to sex you know everything even going back to childhood because so many of us have been exposed to pornographic media when we were children how that shapes your brain and like literally shapes your whole life so sex is the biggest rabbi hole by far. So anyway, we're going to be looking into stuff that's very intense. So I named the show The Cum Culture. Figured it was a poignant kind of intense title, but like I said, going to be that type of show today. And I also like alliteration. And that song that you just listened to right there by The Velvet Underground is named after a book also titled Venus in Furs, written by this Austrian fellow from way back in the day, back in the 1800s. Perhaps you've heard of him, perhaps you haven't heard of him. Most people have heard of the Marquis de Sade, which is usually associated with sadism. He was a a French writer who wrote all these crazy like BDSM books back in the day. So he's where we get the name for, uh, for sadism. That's when someone wants to inflict pain onto something, someone, something, etc. So Leopold von Sacher Maysach, who wrote Venus and Furs, which the Velvet Underground has a song also titled the same name. This guy is where we get the word masochism from. This is someone who likes to have violence inflicted on them and uh, they become aroused by it. So as we go through this show, you'll realize that a lot of the things they promote to us as turn-ons, romance, erotic, whatever, you know, pornographic, it's actually based on kind of like rewiring our brain to accept foul behavior and imagine how that could possibly impact someone's life, especially if nowadays, even back in my day, youngsters being exposed to pornographic media younger and younger and younger. And the stuff that's out now was not like our day, like back in the day, all you saw for in my time, let's say in the mid 90s or so, mid to late 90s, it would be a magazine, it would be maybe something on 
Cinemax, which everyone's called, called Skinemax. Maybe it would be a heterosexual pornographic video of, you know, two whites having sex. Now it's... So the, the younger you are exposed to really intense visuals, which also involve sexuality, the more it can repattern your brain. So that's why I'm mentioning at the beginning of the show these two people, the Marquis de Sade and Leopold von Sacher Mesoch, which of course goes back to the beginning when I said Venus and Furs was his novel as well as the song we just listened to. So that song by the Velvet Underground is about these topics. It's inspired by this fellow's book and it includes themes of sadomasochism, bondage, and submission. So essentially all that stuff that Zog puts out there that kind of falls into this category and some of it some of it is is pretty normal but they they throw in a lot of this really violent aggressive kind of they want to rewire our brains so we accept pain as pleasure that's that's part of the thing of living on this planet and of course this polarity program of sadism and masochism which they show through pornography which most of us have been exposed to is one of the ways they hardwire the brain to accept this behavior. So sex, like I said already, is the biggest rabbi hole. So that's the introduction part of the broadcast. And now we'll be getting to the word of the week. Let's shuffle up the cards. All right. I like this one. All right. The word of the week is bank rupture. Sounds like something I've I've heard in more recent times than some of these other ones. Painful sounding variant of bankruptcy, an Italian moneylender of the 14th century would often work outdoors on a wooden bench called a bancus, which would be physically destroyed if the banker became insolent, insolvent. That process called bancarato was adapted into French in the 1500s as bancarette and into English shortly thereafter. The second half of this word was exchanged for Latin ruptus, meaning, quote, broken in the 1530s, giving rise to such variations as bankruptism and the world word settled into its present form. So the word of the week is bank rupture. A little bit of just information, I guess, that brings us up to date with how this word is presented. I wonder how many people have been filing for bankruptcy since the last couple of years with Oyed AI. Maybe it's on a... Uh, on the upswing. All right, so we have a lot of information, a lot of content for today's broadcast, a lot of really out there stuff too, considering what I've uh, uncovered the last week or so. So first I wanted to start out with a definition of what pornography is and how that relates to everything else we're gonna talk about. So it goes back to 1842, ancient obscene painting, especially in temples of Bacchus, from French pornographie, with an IE at the end, from Greek pornographos, one depicting prostitutes, it says. But notice how it says one depicting prostitutes, and we know from the show I did, I think, two weeks ago or so, what prostitute actually means. See, we're always told the original meaning of the word prostitute is, you know, someone who's selling themselves, essentially, right? Someone who's selling their body for money. But if we look back to what was said on that show a couple of weeks ago, we realize that that's been an inversion. Like, I mean, what every other six million other things out there have been. Remember, they always work by way of inversion. 
and they always want to make the thing they inverted, uh, they want to make it dirty. You know, it's like everything else. Look what they did to quote Satanism, right? Look what they've done to sex. Look what they've done to healthy food, like a steak. They always make it look like it's dirty, right? This is, this is part of their thing. They, they want to psychologically condition us. So we know from two weeks ago that the, the practice of what is known as sacred prostitution, clear your mind of anything you've heard prior to what this word means, is defined as a sexual rite. This is the real, the real definition, a sexual rite performed in the context of religious worship perhaps as a form of fertility right or divine marriage. So this is very much the opposite of selling your body for money. So I'm wondering if originally this word pornography actually was something that was a positive thing originally, and it's been made into the absolute Talmudic beast that is it is today. It's also from the word Graphian, the word pornography, meaning to write. And porne, or prostitute, originally they're saying meant bought or purchased. But of course, this is only 1842. The definition that I know of prostitute goes back way further than that. So basically, a brothel in the ancient Greek times was known as a porneon. So if we're going back to the ancient Greek times, where there were sacred prostitute archetypes worshipped like Aphrodite, Ishtar, and Isis in, in different areas, but Aphrodite will keep to that because it's Greek, and we know the real definition of the word prostitute, then maybe the original meaning of the word brothel was a place where people could engage in lovemaking as a sexual right in the context of religious worship that could be a form of fertility right or divine marriage as a place as opposed to a place you go now and you slap your money down and you say, I want that person and it's just filling a hole because you have to release because we live in a cum culture, right? So maybe originally pornography didn't have this uh, disgusting, misogynistic, pedophilic, addictive, uh, terrible spin to it that it has today. So maybe everything we know about that word is also inverted, like literally everything else. I mean, it would make total sense, right? I mean, it would make complete and total sense that they would do that. And of course, it's part of the misogynistic programming of, you know, women only being nothing more than a whole. Wasn't the, isn't the Lancet last year, this is like some scientific or, you know, serious publication referred to women as a front hole or something like that, people with front holes. That was it. Here, I'm, t I'm bringing it up right now. Why are people up in arms about the Lancet's bodies with vaginas cover? That's right. They referred to women uh, as a body with a vagina, as opposed to just like, that's all it is. Like, that's what represents who you are. And a lot of this uh, language that they're now utilizing in allopathy, other suffering, of course, that's part of the BDSM programming. Allopathy is like, that is hardcore BDSM. Think about medical fetish. I remember in the beginning of Oyed AI, I referred to Oyed AI as a medical fetish because some people actually have what's known as a med fet where they get turned on by, you know, getting an anal exam by someone who pretends to be a doctor. So allopathy is hardcore BDSM, in my opinion. So anyway, a lot of this language that they're now utilizing in allopathy is coming from porn because in porn they refer to I think in TS porn, transsexual porn, they refer to um, 
a woman's vagina, her yoni, as just a fuck hole or a front hole. So porn really works into a lot of the transhumanistic, transsexual, pedophilic agenda. It's all placed together. I put this meme out the other day that I did for White Wellness. I was fiddling around with some memes. So I made this meme the other day. And it, it really is the crux of everything that we're dealing with right now. Um, all of us in one way or another, it kind of boils down to this. So I put this meme out that said the roots of transhumanism and transsexualism, disembodiment, we've got a ton of that going on, misogyny, pornography, paraphilia, which is fetish, pedophilia, plastic surgery, the Talmud, let's never forget that, and vaccination. And I actually put this on Instagram too, like on, on a kind of like more of a mainstream account. Like the Telegram is pretty you know, it's pretty niche if you're on the Telegram account, especially the, the Vedic one and the racial one. Those are even more intense, but I guess you see it on the regular page too. But I have people who are liking the stuff I've said who don't even seem like they're really people who are kind of pro-white aware or whoever. I mean, a lot of people are following me. I'm following a lot of people, but it's interesting to see the crossover with other groups and other communities of people online becoming aware of these very things that, you know, we over here in these milieus are aware of. So, yeah, I'm thinking, the more I'm thinking about this, this could all just be totally an inversion. And it's a way to uh, take away power, especially to take away the power of, of women and to really, like, mess with men. Because when men get addicted to porn, it's it's an ugly thing. I, I watched this documentary yesterday, actually. I think it was made in 2012, but it was still pretty on point. And they talked to two men, both of whom uh, I'm assuming were, were white. One they showed behind like a, he was behind like one of those things where like you don't see the person, it's just like a shadow. And then one of them, his ex-girlfriend was talking, but she looked like a woman who like would never date like a guy who wasn't white. So I'm assuming both of these guys were white, but they basically became addicted to this really gruesome, um, in one case, violent, and then the other case, pedophilic pornography based on pushing that limit over and over and over again, which of course can rewire and really mess up your brain. So we'll talk a little bit about that later on, but getting back to this, this all works in to the TS agenda. The porn agenda works into the transsexual agenda. And I'm even getting a whiff more I look into it. It seems like when guys think they could become women, they go from having like what they call the typical male sex drive of, you know, probably always wanting to have sex and, you know, being ready for it the minute they see a naked picture or even cleavage to totally losing their sex drive once they take estrogen, which... Obviously, that's that's what happens, right? That's why all these guys who don't even take estrogen, who have low testosterone, like don't want to have sex. And then when women take testosterone because they think they're guys, they end up getting like this male sex drive and they want to have sex all the time. And like they're all these female trannies. And by female tranny, I mean a woman who's mentally ill and disembodied and completely subsumed in the Talmudic agenda and thinks she's a guy. So these tranny women are like, online on OnlyFans, um, whoring themselves out on Grindr or Kinder, which is like a, a website for gay men, so homosexual men, they're on there 
looking to date like guys. So what is that? Is that heterosexualism? So all of this stuff is just like a weird whirlwind. It's like a tsunami and like every wave is like one of these things. You know, it's the it's the pedophilia, it's the plastic surgery, it's all of this. And no, it just seems like it's it's almost more and more the air we breathe, especially since I think this issue of pornography is important because many of us already who listen to a broadcast like this, we're aware of the Skeksis's agenda for disembodiment. Some of us are probably aware of misogyny, maybe some of us not. Pornography, we're aware of it, but probably some of us might even be utilizing it. Paraphilia and pedophilia, I'm sure most of us are aware of that. Plastic surgery, yeah. The Talmud and vaccination, I would hope. So getting away from this pornography issue, especially it seems to be something that affects a lot of white men. Not to say women can't become habituated to pornography, because of course I think I think anyone can become addicted to any of these like slick technical things the Skex has put out. And also keep in mind that with the advent of antisocial media and be able, be able being able to see everything on your phone and having video porn on the internet that really made it take off as an addiction people still had addiction to this and problems with this back when it was you know dvd and, and vhs and remember remember beta from back in the day during the 70s uh like movies like deep throat which was like a classic pornography from back in those days that was on beta so this has been going on for a while the idea of it being out there as a media medium but it is more pervasive now because you can get it whenever you want it, and it's like literally in your pocket. So that was a little bit about everything, but also a little bit about pornography and what that original definition of pornography is. And after reading the definition of prostitute, we can see that maybe it's something totally different than what we ever thought it was. And that would bring into the account of that sex is something completely and totally different than we've ever thought. We may have programming about sex that we don't even know we have because it's so ingrained in us and it was ingrained in our parents and grandparents and it's just something that could completely open up our mind to other parts of the Skeksis agenda. So a little bit about all of that. All right, so now I want to talk a little bit more and expand on this topic of um, the pornographic industry and how this all works and how this has really escalated. Like, I was watching this other documentary the other day on, on Frontline. It was made in 2002. So it was, you know, quite dated when you think about it. 20 years, how many things have happened in the last 20 years, right? Especially with technology, pornography all online now. So I watched this this uh, documentary the other day and it was really talking more about video and you know, via, you know, more like that type of media because back in 2002, most of the pornographic media was coming in the form of people buying it on DVD, right? Now that's really not much of a thing. It's all just online, some of it behind a paywall. So it's crazy to think how much this has exploded even from that time considering that i think pornography's i'm not even sure how long it even goes back like the history like what would you even consider pornography back in the day i mean even the definition of what we consider pornography has to be questioned because there's so much now that's shown in pornography that 
is more than just pornography. It's almost like a snuff film in, in a certain instance. You know, it's, uh, gosh, it's crazy. Whilst I was looking at that, that thing, um, that Frontline documentary and watching it the other day, and this is back 20 years ago, and I know the stuff now is a lot more intense, but there was a porn, pornographic film that they were actually on the set of for the Frontline documentary, and it was billed as slasher porn. And I was like, hell slasher porn so it was a violent pornographic movie but inside of the violence and you know and it being a pornographic movie at the end the woman who ends up being like kidnapped and and raped and 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 all that in the end for the slasher porn they pretend to like slash her neck and i'm thinking like yikes like imagine watching that as like a young guy obviously getting aroused because you see something sexual because you're conditioned in this culture to get aroused by something sexual you know big breasts things like that and then you end up getting turned on because your wires cross from like the idea of someone getting pain but you can't help because it turns you on so imagine how much that could fuck with someone's psychology especially when like i said a lot of youngsters are getting exposed to pornographic media at ages that are absolutely and completely and totally shocking. Let's take a gander at the um, the chat for a second. Oh, we've got some people joining us. We've got Nicholas. We've got the dude Sean, 64 Arian, Epiphany, OG Snake Eyes, two people with uh, interesting like uh, names, and uh, Josh. Welcome, everybody. So, yeah, I found out some stats, and I was like, whoa, this is just crazy. And you just think, you know, what you're exposed to when you're young, everything we're exposed to, but especially this, because we live in a time where children are being exposed to this at an age earlier and earlier, and they're being exposed to things that maybe some of us don't even know exist. Like they're being exposed to crazy stuff. And when I did a show, I think it was last year, it was a two-part show. If you haven't listened to it, uh, it's in the archives, of course, like they all are. It's called The Transsexual Theocracy Part 1 and 2. And I talked about how uh, people are basically becoming hypnotized by pornography online, especially this sissy hypno pornography, and it's actually making them men, particularly white men, want to become trannies. So this porn has the ability to basically bend and melt the mind. I don't think we realize how big of a prop. This is probably the the, the oives of the Skeksis is one of their biggest tools of propaganda and since most of us grew up unfortunately getting our education from sex from porn from somebody else who had looked at porn you know or maybe some basic biology stuff in in high school you know maybe in college if you took on more of that direction most of us have a, a basic misunderstanding of sex based on this and then we get bombarded with all this porn culture right so here are some crazy crazy stats about pornography so here are some stats in regards to how it affects children and child exposure. And this this all weaves into everything. And it's it's really, it's horrifying knowing that uh, children so small could be shown this stuff or just stumble upon it. Or even worse, that, you know, they would be getting this type of education now with all this LGBTP stuff. This is essentially what they're doing. They're sexualizing children so they can rewire the children's brain. So this is a really, this is really, really important 
even if we don't give a fuck about transsexuals and we think they're all mentally ill, this, this affects all of us. So child exposure. The average age of a child being exposed to pornography is 11 years old, according to most research. That's pretty young. And what does that even mean? Does that mean a naked picture? Does that mean a hardcore video? What does that even mean? According to a 2019 study done in the UK, 62% of 11 to 13 year olds who had seen pornography reported that their first exposure to it was unintentional. So basically two thirds of children who were exposed to it, it's unintentional. So that just means that it's probably on their phone or their computer or worse, someone showing it to them could even be an adult. 69% of boys and 23% of girls have seen pornography by age 13 or younger, according to an Australian study published also in 2019. Children under 10 now account, get this, for 22% of underage porn consumers and 10 to 14 year olds make up 36% of minor consumers, according to Bitdefender's 2016 research. Okay, that is really that is crazy that is just insane in research commissioned by the bbfc 75 percent of parents thought their child hadn't seen pornography online but of their children 53 percent reported that they had seen it recent studies indicate that 90 percent of teens have viewed porn online and 10 percent admit to daily use according to a nationally representative surgery survey of teens 8.4% of 14 to 18 year old boys and 57% of 14 to 18 year old girls have viewed pornography. So essentially by the age of 14, a lot of you know boys have already seen it and essentially most boys have. And then for girls, it's about you know a little bit less than that. So those are some crazy effects that it has on children. And this is all tied to a lot of the stuff that we're seeing today with children thinking they're trannies. I think it's directly tied to what they call rapid onset, rapid onset gender dysphoria, dysphoria. And it's tends to be all girls, many, many, many of them white, who all of a sudden, as if like magic wants to be a tranny, right? And I think a lot of this, what they call RODG or whatever it is, uh, rapid onset, yeah, ROGD, rapid onset gender dysphoria, a lot of these girls are probably watching pornography. So that's a really big thing. They were even exposed to it when they were like 10 years old. And they worship like transsexual celebrities as well. So they might see the celebrities, you know, living as the opposite sex, even though you really can't do that, like for real. And they may like want that. I heard something crazy the other day that um, some people like kids, like young, you know, teens, whatever, are attempting or wanting to, you know, quote, transition to the other sex to like get a girl or a guy. <laughs> whatever happened to like, you know, wearing a shirt in the color that, you know, he or she likes as opposed to cutting your tits off to get a guy or girl. I mean, what the fuck is going on in this world? Okay, effects pornography has on the mind. A 2007 study found that exposure to sexually explicit online films is significantly related to the belief that women are sex objects. And of course, 
Who would that behoove? This Gexus. Remember what, what a Talmudic Jew says when he first thing wakes up in the morning? Thankful for not being a Gentile, a woman, or an animal. They're all the same things to them. In males as young as 14, a correlation was confirmed in several studies between frequent pornography viewing and an accepting stance towards raping a girl. So we can see how when someone is habituated and turned on, especially at a young age, by seeing violence against, typically it's women in porn, how that will fuck with their brain. Several studies confirm that viewing pornography as a child, a preteen, or a teenager generates shame and guilt and anxiety, as well as confusion, poor social bonds, addictions, sexual anxiety, and feelings of dissatisfaction with one's body. Sounds like all the symptoms that would lead to wanting to become a tranny, wanting to escape life. I think this is like a hidden addiction of a lot of kids is porn. It sounds crazy, but like this is, that's why this is so important. Talking about this is as shocking and uh, unbelievably heinous as it is. A study by the Max Planck Institute in Germany found that the more subjects were exposed to pornography, the smaller the volume of gray matter was in their brain's reward system, and that high porn consumption was associated with diminished communication between the brain's reward area and the prefrontal cortex, the part of the brain involved in motivation and decision making. So is this giving people like the Negro brain? Like, is it going to make rewire the brain to make everyone into like a capricious ape? Is that literally part of the transhumanist agenda? Effects on behavior. Pornography's effects on behavior. A Swedish study found that 70% of high school boys who were frequent viewers of pornography, including that which featured violence and sexual abuse of children and animals, reported that porn made them want to try out what they had seen. Kind of reminds me of that lawsuit in the 90s um, with a youngster who was watching Beavis and Butthead. And this is before they moved Beavis and Butthead to like the 11 p.m. time slot. This was when it was on like around 7. And I think Beavis lit something on fire and he was chanting, fire, 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 like, you know, like that. And um, then the child, like, at his parents' house on fire, and he said it, he said he did it because he, he saw it on Beavis and Butthead. So, you know, children are impressionable. Everyone's impressionable, especially in this day and age. But imagine that. Imagine seeing pornography that features the abuse of children and animals and then wanting to basically abuse other children and animals. And that's a common thing, too, with a child that's been exposed to porn, abusing or sexually abusing other children. It's something no one talks about either, whether it's a neighbor child, whether it's incest. So porn is is really insidious. It's it's like this thing that kind of no one wants to talk about because no one's really having the or not no one, but most people aren't having the sex they want to have because they don't know how to do that. But they know porn sucks and they hate the LGBTP, but they don't know what to do. 10 to 15 year olds consuming violent pornography are five times more likely to be sexually aggressive than non-viewers of violent porn, according to a 2011 longitudinal study. And that study was done, look, 11 years ago. What's it like now? I mean, there's some really serious stuff in pornography. There's something called, I think, rosebud pornography, where it's people who have anal prolapse. And that's, that's a fetish. I mean, look, allopathy and pornography 
It's like the pornography is the glove, you know, that fits over allopathy. And, you know, it's all BDSM. A UK study found that 10% of 12 to 13 year olds fear they may have a compulsion to pornography. That's pretty serious. Think about it. In an Australian study of adolescent boys aged 12 to 15, the more they use sexually explicit inherent material, the poorer their social grades were six months later. 80% of teens want to reenact what they watch in porn, according to a UK study. I've actually heard, I think I read an article, maybe that a year ago or so, about a lot of young boys watching like violent, like anal porn, like, you know, women basically being anally raped in porn. And then they want to try it out with their girlfriends. And I think one girl got very injured by doing this with the boy, like a potential, like, like an anal injury. So is this why a lot of children have digestive diseases too, because they're trying out these things? The average age of first perpetration of sexual violence is 15 to 16 and is associated with exposure to pornography, according to a 2017 study from the Bloomberg School of Public Health. A study of 14 to 19 year olds found that females who watched pornographic videos were a significantly greater likelihood of being a victim of sexual harassment or sexual assault. Of course, because women are conditioned to basically be used and fucked in most pornographic videos. Not all. There's always the femdom stuff too, which is very different. One study revealed that 45% of Pornhub scenes include at least one act of physical aggression whilst 35% of scenes from X videos contained aggression. Spanking, gagging, slapping, hair pulling, and choking were the five most common forms of physical aggression. Women were the target of the aggression in 97% of the scenes, and their response to aggression was either neutral or positive and rarely negative. So imagine watching all of that type of stuff as a youngster, even before you actually even have a sexual experience. Like imagine finding this information and becoming habituated to it like at 10 and then not having your first sexual experience until much older. It seems oftentimes too that the children or the youngsters that get habituated to porn when they're really young, they tend to actually have less relationships, you know, whether they be with friends or sexual relations would have sex later in life because the porn kind of almost takes over like, you know, someone with an addiction essentially. And a lot of this is um, based on an emotional escape. That's what a lot of this is, this pornography. But of course it's triggering, it's triggering that. So the younger you see it, the more malleable of course you are. It's like anything else. So pornography molds the sexual template, especially neuroplasticity. So that's a brain change. It basically makes your brain different. That's pretty, um, that's pretty intense stuff when we're thinking about what some of the ramifications of this are. You know, incest, rape, LGBTP mutilation, the fact that they're trying to make this our world culture or our overculture. Everything is pornified these days, right? I mean, look around. And as a young girl, a lot of young girls, they're escaping being like a natural, normal woman for whatever reason they've been brain poisoned to do it. And they're either going the hyper feminization route where they're just trying to look as much like a Barbie doll as possible, which almost looks, you know, not almost, it does look completely and totally unnatural, almost look like a fuck doll. And some of them want to look like that. I watched this thing today of this woman from Sweden. She looked like she was an oive. 
but she was blonde and she had a Swedish accent, but she just looked like she was an Oive. Her dream, as she said, was to become a fuck doll. She wanted to look like literally like a latex doll that someone would just have sex with. And she had done all this crazy, crazy, crazy plastic surgery. So women or even young girls are going in that direction. Maybe not that extreme right away, but still, they, they still show that in porn. Remember, porn is the genesis of that hyper-feminized look. Huge breasts, long blonde hair, long nails, you know, super tan skin, you know, a lot, a lot, a lot of makeup. Like that kind of pornified look that kind of peaked like in the 90s. A lot of women or young girls are even going in that direction and, you know, abandon, abandoning their, their natural female beauty, or they're just saying, I don't want anything to do with being feminine or being a woman, cutting off their breasts, getting hysterectomies, getting oophorectomies, getting uh, medioid plasties, which is this different surgery that girls are getting besides the phalloplasty, which is the heinous transact, most heinous transsexual surgery out there. It takes 18 months to heal from making yourself this thing it's never going to look like a penis so now they're doing this medioid plasty thing where they take testosterone to grow their clitoris then they have this procedure to lengthen their clitoris and make it look like a microphallus i kid you not and then they do something with their labia of course which is analogous to the scrotal sac just like the clitoris is analogous to the penis and they put in these silicone implants inside of their labia they like they cut their labia open they they um Oh, they also cut out your inner labia too, and they use that skin to like stretch out your outer labia, and then they put a silicone sac that gives you a ball sac. So now you end up having this little microphallus like penis slash huge clitoris with these like saggy little balls and a vaginal hole with no inner labia. Where else could someone get the idea to do this besides pornography? I want to know. This is the genesis of it. This is what's causing these things. It's disgusting and it has to stop. It's just, ugh. I mean, after seeing some of these pictures, like I would, my last thing, my last thought in this world would ever be to tell Big Z to take a knife to my genitals. That would be the last thing I would ever, ever do. Whether it was transsexual surgery, whether it was this crap that they, they pawn off to the hyper-feminized uh, women, labioplasty, vagioplasty, G-spot plasty, the last thing I would ever do would want to have Dr. Z down by my crotch. Like what could make people do this unless their brain is getting rewired and fucked up from pornography and they're in like a trance enough state to just go to Dr. Z and say, you know, you know, mangle, mangle this up and make it look terrible. You know, <laughs> I mean, these people have no sex drive. And then maybe they, they, since they have no sex drive because they fucked up their genitals, then they have to start looking at this hardcore shit, which ends up being child porn. This is, this is the, the root all this is taking. And we know, we know for a fact who, who is behind all of this. We know for a fact. So that was the end of that list of uh, porn stats, going through it from a three-point perspective of the effects on behavior, effects on the mind, as well as the effects of childhood exposure. I think I'll take a look at the, uh, the chat for a second. And this is a lot of information to just, it's very, very intense, this information, and, and seeing how it all weaves in together is just, you know, it, it's, I know it's a lot to take in, but important that we're aware of this from a panoramic perspective. Okay, let's check it out. Rensarek is saying it, 100% uh, pornography is a tool of war. 
Yeah, it absolutely is. Josh is saying, I wonder if they're more addicted to porn or if they're more addicted to the orgasm. Perhaps one leads to the other. That's a good point, actually. And I think I, I have some other articles that I'm going to mention that kind of talk about how that works. I mean, it could, you know, it could be both. It could be both in a subtle way, but they probably at the end of the day wouldn't look at the porn if the orgasm wasn't part of it, right? So like that is the guarantee of looking at the porn that the orgasm is part of the equation, right? So I think it's probably intertwined. Maybe for some people it's very different. I mean, everyone approaches it differently based on what turns them on too, right? Everyone has different ways that they turn on. So it could be, or what they're looking at to turn them on. And also there's a difference between, I don't really like this word. They use the word kink. I think whenever we hear that word, we just think like of some tranny, like sitting on a bowling pin, which is not what that word, I mean, that could be that, but I mean, it's not what that word like literally has to mean. It just means anything that you like during sex that's considered socially taboo but who knows what even that that really means right and that if you like it during sex and it turns you on it's a quote kink it's a fetish if you need it to happen during sex to get off so if someone needs to kiss someone's feet and lick someone's feet to get off that's a fetish and by the way at some one point i'm not sure if this is true anymore because shit has gotten so crazy in this world at one point that was the number one or the most popular fetish in the world was, was foot fetish or foot worship. It's probably something a lot different now. Um, but the list of fetish or paraphilia just keeps on growing and growing and growing because of this, this beast, this tool of war, which is pornography. Epiphany says, I watched 80s porn back in the early 90s. It was so tame compared to the stuff released today. It totally is. I've seen some of the stuff from that um, genre. I remember I had a friend years ago who brought over these tapes of her, her mom or her dad. I don't know, whatever. But it was that style of pornography. And it was, it was very tame compared to even the stuff in the 90s. The 90s is kind of when it began to get hardcore. And I think they call 1969 to 1986 the, quote, golden age of pornography. That was kind of like its, its, its beginnings, I guess, in a lot of ways. You know, the movie Deep Throat was made at that time, which is one of the most popular ones. It's um, the plot line is about a woman whose clitoris is supposedly down the back of her throat. Well, it's actually kind of an interesting topic when you think about it, because think about the Throat Yoni show last week, right? I mean, there there is something... There, see, that's that's another one of their little perversions of everything. They always like to do that. Josh says, one can argue that we've always had some form of, quote, porn or sexual stimulation. It's been in the form of art, sculpture, literature, etc. Yeah, I'm not like trying to be puritanical and say that, you know, we should button up and like, you know, wear burkas. Like, no, definitely not. I think we the problem is that I think we used to have a healthy sexual culture or a healthy form of sexual stimulation. And I think that's just one of many, many things that has been taken from us that we have to relearn. That's kind of the way I'm seeing it these days. But good point with that. Ranseric is saying, I agree, at least the sculptures had class to them while well, most of them. And yeah, there's a difference between being nude and being naked. You know, like there's that difference of like, how can you make this artsy and when does it become, like, violating to look at? You know, there's always a question there, too. 
the dude Sean is saying, not good when you add the masks and with to teen boys development plus sex, porn and masks. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. That is a, a definitely another thing to factor in when you think about everything. Yeah, and there is I know there's med fet porn, like medical fetish porn where they wear massive I don't I've not heard of them wearing masks like in regular porn, but yeah, all of this is just there are so many little things out there and when they're all combined together it just it's uh it's like an explosion of things. And yeah, they are dopamine junkies, uh, definitely. Josh is saying, I agree, dude, Sean. It's like people who are drug addicts, not the drug itself. It's a feeling they're addicted to. Epiphany says, the only thing I saw at 11 was my dad's Playboy calendar. And yeah, even Playboy or even Penthouse and Hustler, which were always different because they would show the the inner labia and the, you know, the, basically the inner yoni. Uh, and of course, Playboy would not do that. But even that feels like really tame compared to like what's available today. I mean, that almost that almost seems like like a, a scene in like a movie compared to like what you'd see today. The stuff today is like, it has to be in a different category because it's, it's just, and I think this is one of the key reasons we're having a lot, of, a lot of problems in society. This is, this is one of it, not just watching it, the fact that we, our brains were wired and we were socialized on it. So it's not, someone could be like, Oh, you know, who cares? Like I used to do that. I don't watch it anymore. They could say whatever, but it's about, the fact that our brains were wired in a certain way that may make us think about everything we perceive in, in a way that's different. Josh was saying, I was introduced to nude magazines and VHS around 11 or 12. However, that's also the age where in public school we learn sex ed. Yeah, that's pretty young, um, definitely. And yeah, the sex ed in school, I mean, I don't really remember learning anything that was halfway helpful. They're trying to pornify and pedify all of that um, in the guise of rainbows and unicorns and gender and inclusivity, you know, and diversity. Ugh, I feel like every store now, like recently I went clothing shopping and I see all these stores like Old Navy, Victoria's Secret, Adidas, they're all pushing like the gender, quote, gender fluid. You know, we, what we used to call unisex in the 80s and 90s. Remember the word unisex? Back when actually we knew that there were two sexes, male, female, like, oh, it's a unisex haircut. It's a unisex t-shirt. Like, okay, cool, right? No problem. But now it's like all this gender fluid or gender free clothing. And all these companies are pushing diverse work environments, inclusivity, and showing these either terrible looking models, uh, all of these race mixing like together, like scenes, and then people who were like beluga whales. Like the other day I was trying to go jean, like get the jeans, like go jean shopping. And I'm looking at the jeans like on like the model they have like in the store, it was like a picture. And the person was humongous. And I'm thinking, I have no idea what these jeans are going to even look on me. Like, this is such a disservice right now. It's just, oh, I, it's like they're, they're, they're conditioning our brains. Like, even that is like a form of porn. Constantly seeing like all of these like pictures of these grotesque looking people, this grotesque food, these grotesque scenes on antisocial media, all of this is like a form of porn in a way because it's so hyper, hyper, you know, it's crazy. H-T-R-P-C-N-H-E is saying disturbing, down with Zog, absolutely. 
Josh is saying, unfortunately, I am well aware that my son, who was 14, has seen pornography. Sadly, it's almost impossible to avoid unless you find you live a very sheltered life, which can also have its problems. Epiphany is saying, at least in the early 80s, the bodies were pretty normal looking and it didn't mess with my body image too much. Agree. Yeah, the bodies were normal. The men looked normal. And even most of the time, the guys in porn tend to look Maybe they have like, you know, shaved chest or they're like, they're, they tan themselves now or things like that. But, you know, back in the 80s, there was a lot of body hair for both guys and gals. That was before the whole like shaved look came into fashion, mainly for women, but for guys as well. So the 80s were that time when it was just, you know, everything was, it was the 80s. Everything was like big, but yeah, people actually looked normal and healthy, but that was true of movies in the 80s too, like any of the, just the regular movies, not the pornographic movies, the regular movies that were made in the 80s, people looked good in those too. HTR is saying, they used to say, well, if you don't like it, then don't look at it. Now you can't even avoid it when you try it. Yeah, it's really hard. Even sometimes you'll see these like mixes on YouTube where it will be like, you know, chill beats or something or, you know, you know, those things like study music, like, you know, music to chillax to whatever um, workout music. And all of a sudden it's this woman, probably like a CGI, humongous boobs, right? Like it's it's a fake looking body, teeny tiny waist. Like it doesn't even look real. The face doesn't look real. And they show you that. And a lot of guys have, you know, been programmed essentially by by the, the culture and all this stuff and they like immediately will get turned on by something like that and some of them will actually just go masturbate to more porn to, to actual pornography so it's insidious it's very hard to avoid rance eric is saying a lot of men and women view the other sex as an object which is disgusting yeah that's a good point and i think it really does work both ways i think we're most familiar with the context of you know men using a woman for sex but i think it really does work both ways and uh, that's disgusting. Um, that that almost makes it seem like, you know, all the other person is, is basically a receptacle, you know, for like a hole or, you know, like a stick for you to use. And that's, that is very, very transhumanistic, very disembodied, um, very kind of like just paraphilic, if that would be like, and the crazy thing is, is that a lot of men and maybe some women are actually turned on by just being a hole. Like that woman I was mentioning earlier, who uh, wanted to be seen as like a human fuck doll. Actually, in this video that I saw, she got on the bottom of her leg, like right where like the butt cheek like meets the top of the thigh. She got across both of them, um, fuck doll. Like she actually literally got a tattoo that said that. I mean, she wants other people to see her as that. I, I'm at a loss personally. And she didn't look good at all. She looked like she had spent she honestly looked like a jewish transsexual who was trying to look like a barbie like 100 percent honest like that's that's the look that it, it really for me what i saw epiphany is saying glad i'm not growing up in today's world proud to be gen x and not single yeah that's uh i agree i'm i, I totally can relate to the same sentiment yeah it's like the kids who are born now i mean you know those of us who were you know gen xers or, or millennials like very different how we grew up in the pornography climate compared to what the Zoomers are, are, you know, facing and maybe even some of the younger millennials. Rance Eric is saying, agree, growing up in today's schools and environments would be unthinkable to me. Yeah, it's, it's unfathomable. I can't, um, 
I can't even relate to it because it's so different than than what I had, you know, when I was in the public pooling system. HTR is saying, I feel so sorry for the kids today. I look out for the younger generation any way I can. Yeah, I think about I think about the youth a lot too, and just they're up against a lot. So it's a lot, a lot. Josh is saying, with Beavis and Butt, I've seen my share of porn in my younger years, watched a lot of violent videos and games, and I turned out pretty normal. Then again, I have self-control. Perhaps it's the mindset of the person. It could be the mindset of the person. It could be um, the parents, the parenting, the siblings, um, the friends, you know, things like that. A lot of that, goes, the diet, you know, lifestyle. I mean, some some people, I think, are more permeable and more more malleable than others, of course, right? So, you know, it depends. Nicholas is saying porn blinds you to what's around you. And if you fall for it, you'll fall for anything. These minor statistics are crazy. Yeah, when I read that, I looked over it yesterday. I was like, holy hell. I'm like, this is insane. Ranseric is saying also the popularized black culture, which to be ignorant and never have an actual relationship. Yeah, definitely. 6-4 Aaron is saying this topic disgusts me. Yeah. It's, um, it's hard. It's a hard thing to talk about. It's, uh, it's crazy that it even exists, right? I mean, think about our grandparents didn't have to deal with any of this stuff. I think it really does make people see other people as disposable. Absolutely. It really, really does. Rance Eric is saying, Arians, I can't explain how difficult it is being single attempting to date. My area has some really horrid women. I would assume good women have the same problem with shit dudes. Yeah, I think it I think it works both ways. I think there's 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 many of us out there that probably feel this way, but maybe we just don't know like where we fit in to say this stuff. I don't know. And I think maybe there's still a lot of our people who are maybe like turned off by some of like the pro-white or white nationalism stuff because they they just kind of don't fit into that box, but I think I'm shadow banned on, on this um on this platform. So it's hard to find, you know, kind of like information like this which I think is coming from like a you know, a more intellectual and a kind of a compassionate perspective than just, you know, using a lot of like language that is very recoiling. And Epiphany is saying, as for the F doll chick, how will she feel in 20 years? <sighs> I've been wondering the same thing, looking at pictures of these people. And this girl, I think is like, she's young. She's like 31 or something, 32. So she's like, she's a, she's a young person, but she's already had all of this surgery. I heard of this other Barbie doll girl today who got like lip injections at 13. That's porn culture. That's where that started. All of the whole idea of having, you know, huge boobs, you know, fake, fake blonde hair, you know, big lips, like false eyelashes, really, really long nails, like all that's like porn culture. And a lot of that comes from drag culture too. So it's, it's like transsexualism. It's, it's transsexualism and pedophilia. Oh, gosh. I mean, transhumanism is like everything that you don't want to exist in the world. That's essentially what transhumanism is. Do you know what really blows my mind about all this? There are a lot of people who are exposing, you know, all of this stuff and they can see the TS agenda. They can see the porn thing. You know, they can see how that all all kind of works into transhumanism. But they don't mention the whole thing about who's behind all of this. They never mention who's behind all of this. And they never mention how the whole idea of monogenism, which is the whole out of Africa hoax, which is, you know, the most vile 
Zio sludge you can possibly imagine. They never mention that the whole idea that we came from monkeys and we're turning into machines is based on monogenism, which is this false belief that we all descended from some black woman in Africa. I mean, I don't have to go into the details with you, but I'm, I'm sure you're intelligent enough to understand that that's not possible. It's, um, it's laughable at best that ever would have been even a theory for some people. Um, but I see all these people, like I said, exposing it, not mentioning the Skeksis, and not mentioning how the whole deracination and anti-racial agenda is directly related to transhumanism because they've been pushing the monogenism, the out of Africa thing for a while. The only thing is that exposing this little piece is somewhat more nuanced on some of these platforms than, of course, places like Telegram. But if anyone is like kind of halfway-ish normie and sees through the transhumanism agenda, they can possibly become a racialist through this avenue. What a great way to become a racialist, right? To realize it down to like the root of who's causing this, you know, who's at the root of all this, you know, skitzing and, and DNA splicing of humanity. Oh, it's the Skeksis, no surprise. So yeah, crazy stuff. Um, crazy stuff, all this kind of objectification of people and what they're what they're willing to do to themselves. And a lot of this porn, of course, not not all of it, but a lot of it also shows the whole idea of male pleasure only, right? Like the woman is there making all these noises just for the guy. They show the guy, of course, exploding. A lot of pornography is, you know, the cum shot. That's why I call this the cum culture. That's a big part of pornography, especially that very um, unsavory genre of pornography called bukkake, where multiple men will expose seminal fluid on one woman. That's a fetish these days. How does that become a fetish unless someone is socialized to see something like that? I think we know the answer, right? It's because of pornography. So when men sometimes will watch a lot of this porn, they'll get the idea that a woman's orgasm isn't important. Maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe she's not even capable of having one or who gives a fuck, right? She's just there for me to use her whole. So that's a lot of what pornography can generate in some people. And back to what I was talking about when we first started the show, I was talking about that documentary that I had seen, the two of them that I had seen, the one I saw that was made in 2012, not the frontline one, the other one, it was about early exposure to pornography and just what this, what this does to a person. And they featured, um, like I said, two men in that. And one of them had become habituated to violent pornography and he was watching a lot of violent pornography and then he was acting out with his girlfriend who I think was you know very young and impressionable probably maybe scared acting out some of this this violent stuff you know when they were having sex and then he told her at one point I think after they had um, had sex that he wanted his his fantasy his ultimate fantasy was to um expose on her face you know to basically ejaculate on her face and then punch her in the nose and make it bleed and this is a disgusting thing that in the porn culture is known as a raspberry donut terrible so he had actually gotten to he didn't do it and i think she left him after after he said that uh, and then she became a counselor to help other people who had dealt with this but the fact that someone could watch these videos and have their mind basically molded as a template especially the younger you are and then want to do that to someone else who you supposedly love, we can just see how nasty of a, of a drug this is. And there was another man 
who had become habituated to uh, child porn. And he just kept on looking and looking for the, the, the highest buzz he could find, like with other types of porn. And then he stumbled upon, because of course they always want you to stumble upon, he stumbled upon um, child porn and he ended up watching all of this child pornography, having being found out for having all these videos on his computer, all of these pictures of children. He was like, I think he was a firefighter. And uh, he said he never, ever acted on it, like, you know, actually harming a child. But he was habituated to this based on the idea that he kept on getting addicted to something that was more shocking, more intense, more violent, more wrong, more disgusting, more perverse, more Talmudic. And he, he got through that avenue that led him to child pornography through seeing other types of porn. It's like, how does someone get to sissy hypno porn, right? They have to get to a certain point where they get to like this really, really like degrading pornography. And those would probably be the two that I think are like some of the most intense. Obviously, child porn would be there because it is disgusting. And then the sissy hypno stuff where it hypnotizes men to want to be a bimbo, which is, we'll get into that in a moment, what that means, but it, it, it basically, it's fucking crazy. So this man who, who had all this, um, this pornography of, of children being abused on his uh, computer, he ended up serving five years in jail. Uh, and I think he was able to rehabilitate himself, but like, what are most people going to think of someone like that who spent like tons of time, like downloading and masturbating to child porn? Like, I mean, can you actually rehabilitate into society after you've done that, even if you've never hurt a child? I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't ever want to be around somebody who even had the template in their brain to get aroused by something so disgusting and so horrific. Uh, the dude, Sean, is saying it made me a psychopath child. Do you mean um, looking at pornography when you were a youngster? And if so, may I ask... Um, what age you were when you stumbled upon pornography. And he's saying that, yes, uh, it made me a psychopath child. It rots your brain and then your soul. I'm sorry to hear that you've had that experience with it. I know how pervasive it is for many of us. Um, many of us have, you know, know somebody I mean, who've dealt with this, it's all over the place. It's like something people don't even really talk about the same way they talk about, you know, alcohol or, you know, whatever. Brent Eric is saying a transmission technician in my area got arrested for child porn shit. Um, useless. That's terrible. I think it's more common than we think. If, so if people are out there getting habituated to pornography, I mean, the risk exists that they'll eventually stumble upon something really 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 troublesome and possibly you know just end up getting wires crossed and getting like habituated to an orgasm that results from seeing such heinous heinous things because fetishes escalate that's the problem and then of course going back to what we said earlier a power a kink is something that someone may like or be turned on by during sex a fetish is something that someone needs to get off. So it could ha actually happen. And this does happen. People who get habituated to pornography, they only will have like tunnel vision for like one type of thing that gets them off. So they won't be able to just like have like a normal experience, like where you just, you know, you come together as, as one other, with one other person and you, you actually have a, you know, a normal sexual experience. 
they're going to need to do something, have it done to them, possibly see it in porn first to get to get off or to get into the mood, right? And then also a lot of men who are habituated end up suffering with ED, uh, erectile dysfunction. So that's something that's something else to consider um, because it basically it makes you like a drug addict. So when that happens, you only get like happy and good feelings from like one thing and then everything else in your life is like. And I think when the fetish escalates, I think that's really part of what the LGBTP is essentially doing to youngsters and how this all ties into uh, pornography because I believe that the LGBTP, like wanting to be a transsexual, that's what I mean when I say LGBTP, I believe that that's a disembodiment fetish. And I also think it's a humiliation fetish. And I think that oftentimes through pornography, I think that a young person could almost feel humiliated to be the sex that they are. And they'll feel so disembodied along with that humiliation that it will almost become like a fetish for them to think that their life is going to become better. And maybe that's kind of connected in some way to sexual turn on if they do something gnarly like mutilate their genitals. Really crazy. Um, it's so crazy that porn, which essentially is video or images of one or two or three or four or five people having sex, typically intercourse, which involves, you know, either the you know, vagina or the yoni or, or the anus or, you know, the mouth or, you know, whatever, the penis that people would end up watching something that uses those raw primal parts of our body and then say, Hey doc, cut it off. Like how does, how the fuck does that work? I, 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 I'm, my brain is like zoggled with that's because it has such an intense hold on people. The dude Sean is saying, I would like a chance to go over this program again to cover this topic again. Yeah, I'll probably have more information um, as time goes on because I'm really digging into kind of the um, the inversion that sex, sexuality, uh, human intimacy, relationships, all of the all the foul bill of goods that we've been sold our entire life. I'm like delving into that and trying to um, flip it over. And that also works with, of course, our health on like a spiritual way, you know, making us healthy and united as, as a race. So of course we can go over this topic. And I think it's a really good topic. And um, this is a great conversation going on in the chat with lots of great comments so far. Epiphany is saying the child porn thing is huge and look at how many catch a predator shows there are tip of the iceberg. Yeah. And wouldn't they want people addicted to child porn? Think about it. Like, would, wouldn't that be a good thing for the Skeksis? I mean, yeah, of course. Ranseric is saying child porn is allowed on porn sites such as Pornhub, etc. They claim they aren't aware, but they know it's on their platform. Yeah, I've heard that before. That is terrible. Uh, ba Ram is saying incest porn is rife also, which makes me wonder about how many men and women have tried it with their family members. Yeah, or how many men and women or boys or girls have been raped by a family member who wanted to try it. You know, raped, sexually abused, molested. I mean, all of these things. Like, I mean, not to say that there weren't problems with, you know, rape, incest, sexual abuse, sexual assault you know, physical abuse before the advent of porn. Yeah, of course there were, but this is just like, it's fuel to the fire. Porn fuels rape, incest, sexual assault, disembodiment, um, humiliation, fetish, like, and there's a humongous link to the porn, porn on the LGBTP. I mean, it's just, 
And when people have these porn orgasms, this documentary that I was watching yesterday, when people have these porn orgasms, these like intense orgasms based on, you know, violence and just, you know, crazy, crazy shit, it's equivalent to like a morphine high, the amount of dopamine they can get from like getting, getting off like this. So no wonder people become habituated to it, right? Yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, like I said, a big, a big, a big issue for sure. Let me take a gander at my notes. So I think now we'll take a little break. I will play us a song. I didn't realize that the show had been going on for that long. We've been talking for a while, but yeah, it's a, it's a hearty topic. There's a lot, a lot to this. So it's, um, it's a good topic to talk about for sure. All right. So we will take a short break and then we'll be right back for part two of the broadcast. You're listening to White Wellness Radio. I am your host, Tabitha. This is The Come Culture. We'll be right back after this song. Nights in white satin Never reaching the end Letters I've written Never meaning to send Beauty I'd always miss With these eyes before Just what the truth is I can't say anymore Cause I love
Welcome to White Wellness Radio. I am your host, Tabitha, and you are listening to The Come Culture. That was the Moody Blues with Knights in White Satin. And I think that was 1967 that that song came out. Yep, 1967. So welcome back to the broadcast. We're talking about a lot of very interesting and pertinent, um, albeit some of it very shocking and intense information about how pornography relates to pedophilia, transsexualism, transhumanism, misogyny, allopathy, uh, and frankly, Talmudicism. So we've got a little bit of stuff going on in the comments right here. And Ba'aram is saying, what documentaries do you recommend? I will put um, the two that I watched in the show notes for uh, today's show. I'll put them in the link. But um, one of them was called, I think, Sex in America Frontline. And then the other one I don't remember. But I will put um, the links. Let me just, my pen is not working. I've got to grab a new pen. I will put it in the links for uh, today's, today's you know, archive show. I'll just put the links of those two uh, documentaries. Okay. There we are. And yeah, the dude Sean, Sean is right. Sneaked into regular TV movies in a sadistic way. Disney is the worst. Yeah, ever remember that cover of the Little Mermaid back in the day? Like, I think it was the VHS. And it looked like there were penises, like, rolled around, like, this green thing that was, it was, maybe it was coral or something. It was something from the sea, but it was, it was creating, like, a boundary, a boundary or a barrier on the, the VHS cover. And that was, like, little penises, on it like if you looked at it the right way so and Bahram um, is uh, the dude Sean is saying I'm seeing mostly step parent or step sibling pornography on the main menu for most sites wow that is uh, that is terrible that is terrible 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 and uh, Ba Rama saying, I like how Owen Benjamin uses mockery to men who masturbate. It's a good tactic. 
So yeah, there's a, a lot to this topic. So let's talk about something else that kind of weaves into the whole pornographic culture and also into the narrative of the quote, dumb blonde, which of course is kind of like a, not kind of, but that's anti-white, of course, right? To think that a woman just because she has blonde hair is dumb. Of course, that is, that is, that is not true. And that has also, I think, created this sexualized, hypersexualized, Talmudic archetype, if you will, of what a woman is, which is essentially, at the end of it, a fuck doll, right? That's what they want. And it's funny or interesting because the word bimbo, I mean, now we know that word to be slang for a conventionally attractive, sexualized, naive, and unintelligent woman. But originally, that word, even like 100 years ago, here in the States was referred to be used for an unintelligent or brutish man. So it originally meant man, just like the word slut, I believe started out the same way, like someone who's a slob or can't cook. And even back in the day, the word slut was used to describe a man. So see how all of our language has changed. So when our language changes, that means our meanings for what our language interprets also change. So the word bimbo actually comes from the Italian word bimbo, which means male baby or young male child. The feminine form of this is bimba. The use of this term began, like I said, um, about 100 years ago, 1919 in the States, as a slang expression to describe an unintelligent or brutish man. So originally this was to describe a man, but what's funny about this, maybe it's not so funny, but it's ironic, is that it's originally a male term. They're using it to mean a woman, like this hypersexualized, hyperfeminized version of a woman. Yet when women end up looking like these, you know, a lot of these, you know, this hyper kind of pornified, bimbified, hypersexualized look, they end up looking like trannies. They end up looking like men who are trying to look like women who are like these like porn dolls. So it's it's just weird that it ends up essentially originally being a word to describe a male, a male baby, which also kind of has like a pedophilic um, twist to it too. And now it's a female that's like all dolled up. And now there's this movement going on that supposedly started in 2015, but I guess it's been, no, 2017, but I guess it's been going on for a while because we've had this for a while in society, right? This whole idea of like the dumb blonde. But in 2017, the woman who I mentioned earlier, the Swedish woman uh, who wants to just be like, like a doll for sex, her name is Alicia Amira. She's also a pornographic um, film star. And she basically popularized the idea of reclaiming hyperfemininity in order to destigmatize women who are bimbos and reclaim the term bimbo. I guess it's like blacks taking back the word nigger or feminists taking back the word cunt. It's kind of that type of movement. The bimbo movement is a movement to empower women to be proud to embrace their femininity. But how about your natural femininity? You could still be incredibly feminine and not have to do all this stuff with, you know, that, all that stuff. So to embrace their femininity, take ownership of their sexuality, and by reclaiming the word bimbo, fight back against the misogynistic connotations the term bimbo had been associated with. How do you take ownership of your sexuality when you consider yourself a fuck doll? I don't know. The bimbo movement is an internationally recognized women's rights movement consisting of hundreds of thousands of self-proclaimed bimbos to end the stigma. 
And in the 21st century, the quote stereotypical bimbo has the appearance of an attractive woman, blonde, curvaceous, heavy makeup and revealing clothing, commonly associated with the quote dumb blonde stereotype. So isn't this weird how this all works into everything else, considering that a lot of men who are exposed to that sissification hypnosis pornography want to be bimbos and do this like a bimbo training, just be like total airheads and just be turned on all the time, um, turn themselves into a woman, crazy, crazy crap. But now back to these women who are kind of doing the same thing. This is all, all of this is porn culture, trans culture, pedophile culture, black cube culture, Talmudic culture, misogynistic culture, misandrist culture. This is just, it's, it's all the same thing. It's anti-racial. It's, it's everything essentially. So now there are these women all over shit talk. They're youth. They're like Gen Zers and stuff. Maybe some of them millennials. We're proud bimbos who were hell-bent on creating a new women's movement. So it's kind of like that whole slut walk thing from back in the day, which of course is based in porn too. Women would just walk around like claiming that um, it's cool to be a slut. I mean, do they know that it didn't mean they, could, they couldn't cook or they were slobs? I didn't know if they knew the real connotation of, of the word. But it's that type of thing. It's like women who go to, it's, it's kind of sounds to me like the objectification version of feminism where like you don't wear a shirt and you write like slut across your chest or something like that. I mean, there are people's ideas of freedom are, are very unusual, especially some of these people. So now there's this, there's this new movement of bimbification with these women who are encouraging women to be the quote hottest version of themselves which hottest version what does that really mean does that mean to wear less clothing does it mean to get in touch with your yoni like how many of these women are actually having squirting orgasms but they're hyper feminine right? what's more feminine dressing in minimal clothing or being sexually satisfied hmm right chances are they're not in that second category so all they do is they post pictures online wearing tons of pink. And a lot of this bimbification, that woman in that video I watched earlier who had the, the tattoo on her, you know, the fuck doll tattoo, that one, she had a bedroom that was all pink, had all this Barbie stuff, had all these toys, and she was dressing like a child. There's a, there's a pedophilia link here. I just want to drive that home so everyone sees how clearly, like think about the whole idea of, like the schoolgirl, like the dressed up schoolgirl in pornography, right? Maybe that's a febophilia. You could argue that because of the age. But nevertheless, that's still, you know, that's still a minor. So it's technically it's pedophilia. So yeah, it's just people on anti-social media, women of all races who are just wearing tons of makeup, skimpy clothing, basically dressing like how they think women have to dress now to be recognized and to get attention and to have, quote, freedom. This is one aspect of it, aspect of it. The other one is men actually wanting to become women who are bimbos or whatever because they've been trained via pornography because their orgasm has been hijacked because porn molds a sexual template, especially in a neuroplastic way. So we've got that going on in society. And this all comes from porn culture, every little bit of it, whether it's women doing it or men doing it. And none of this is based on freedom, of course. This is Talmudic freedom, which is kind of like the whole war is peace, freedom is slavery type of thing. 
So yeah, a lot of these people are already transhumanists because they're living they're living through like likes of themselves taking pictures in skimpy costumes. I mean, don't you want to contribute more to society than than just that? I mean, crazy. So yeah, this is another angle of the pornification. The cum culture, it also is terribly anti-white because it's showing blonde women as nothing more than just, you know, a giggly airhead who's just here to look hot and sexy, just here to use for sex, you know, which is obviously not true. So, of course, this is nothing empowering about this, but all of these new wave feminisms are not empowering at all, especially the feminists who support men, you know, calling themselves women. That's... Uh, that's insane, actually. All right. Crazy, crazy stuff on today's broadcast. All types of wild and wacky things going on in this world. Let's take a gander. Okay. Um, Epiphany is saying, my mom was 5'2", blonde, blue-eyed. She was never taken seriously. Yeah, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate that uh, that happens to, to women who have, you know, who have those beautiful features. I mean, come on. Those are, I mean, the whole white race is beautiful, obviously. All the whole, all of the real diversity that we have, you know, the ladies and the men with all different, you know, hair and, and eye and skin colors. But yeah, there's something about, just like what they do with um, males who are blonde in Hollywood. What do they always become? The villain. Remember all the 80s villains that were like blonde men? This is what they do. They show the women as like, you know, idiot airheads. And they show the men as like, you know, these terrible villains. 6-4 Aryan is saying porn is banned in Iceland because they know what it does to society. Yeah, I don't, I don't doubt that. That's amazing. I didn't know that, but that is awesome. That's great to know. Okay, moving along on the information for today's broadcast. Um, let's see. Oh, yeah, and this is interesting, too, in regards to the whole beginning of the word pornography. Back in the day, it used to be called smut. Maybe some of you a little bit older are familiar with the word smut. Uh, but that's what it used to be called, like, back in the day. And this is actually a word that could either be Yiddish or German, because a lot of the Yiddish stuff is, is um, obviously just like it's German, but it's like kind of like alien German, if you will. So in Yiddish, it's schmutz, and in German, it's schmutz with like a Z. It's almost kind of like when they're talking about chicken fat, like um, Germans call it schmals and Jews call it schmaltz. So English has been particularly receptive to terms from Yiddish, um, a few word like schmutz, it means dirt, filth, grime, or rubbish. So that's what smut means. That was another word that was used for pornography back in the day. Oh, and I was doing research for this. I found two crazy things. There's this thing called fuck talk. That's called TikTok for thoughts. So it's basically like a TikTok for like sex, I guess, like finding sex. And there's literally a website, I kid you not, called Pornzog. <laughs> I mean, who would have thought to call a website Pornzog, but hey, it exists. There's actually a website called Pornzog out there, which is <laughs> just crazy, actually. So let's see. Um, what else did I want to talk about? Oh, yes, I want to talk about this right here. A little bit more about this, about this topic. So actually... 
there something else that porn does besides all the stuff that we've talked about thus far it also promotes miscegenation that's another goal of pornography it's actually even a genre many of us are familiar with the genre it's just called interracial right and of course that could also be in multiple other um, genres as well but this is another purpose of porn to promote um, interracial sex or essentially miscegenation right so actually there was a movie a pornographic movie the first pornographic movie that ever showed interracial sex was actually a movie that came out in 1972 and like we talked about earlier 1969 to 1984 i said 86 before 69 to 84 was considered to be the golden age of pornographic film so there was a movie that came out in 1972 called behind the green door it was the a full-length pornographic film and it featured a woman called marilyn chambers who i think is deceased now who was the main woman who actually became supposedly a mainstream celebrity so she was i guess well known as a pornographic um quote actress and this movie behind the green door she had no dialogue in this movie at all but this is the first american pornographic film it's a considered a heterosexual hardcore film which i guess was really the genre i mean at that time that was pretty intense now heterosexual hardcore would be you know i don't know like a like so something so tame compared to what we're what we're seeing these days or what's being exposed to people today so this was the first film that actually had an interracial sex scene so in this film this woman marilyn chambers she has i guess intercourse with a negro that's part of this um this film and i guess it's actually now if you click on the inter <laughs> the interracial sex scene link on wiki it takes you to something called ethnic pornography I didn't even know that was like a name, but um, now they talk about interracial pornography. The black actor uh, is called Johnny Keys. He was a uh, black, a black pornographic film actor who did that scene with her. So this has been another one of the goals of pornographic media is miscegenation. So. We have every part of the transhumanistic agenda being fed to us through pornographic media, right? And this is a big part of, there's also other things in regards to uh, interracial pornography. There's Asian fetish. There's what they call, um, what's this? Racial fetishism. Holy hell. Yeah, there's a lot. Um, there's something called miscegenoir which is like i think some type of maybe that's part of pornography too like supposedly hatred of, of just black women there's a lot of crazy things that they could create in someone's mind by making these type of like racially fetishistic pornographic movies because let's say someone's watching interracial pornography and they get turned on by something that happens in that pornography that could possibly be a way to make someone miscegenate right Oftentimes I think of perfume and cologne and all the fragrance stuff as being a key player in the miscegenation industry. But of course, you know, perfume and cologne involve sex. Seeing pornographic interracial media involves sex. So see how they assault someone's senses sexually to get them to want something that they don't really want. Like typically, if you find someone in another race smells good, it's typically because of their cologne. It's kind of really hard to find someone 
of another race that smells good. I think if someone does, there's something wrong with them, actually. Like, I don't, I just can't imagine that even being possible, like on a biological level, that you would find someone not of your race without cologne to smell, um, to smell good. Yeah. And there's also a part of BDSM that also could possibly fuel miscegenation called race play where it's a sexual practice where people either imagine or they're of a real racial background so it could be make-believe or not and they use this to create a power imbalance with a bdsm scene using slurs and narratives and objects laden with racial history so we could see how porn can really have quite an imprint on someone. I mean, maybe seeing porn like that might make someone be like, oh my God, I'm never going to race mix. And maybe interracial porn has the, could actually make someone like throw up, you know? I mean, that could, that would possibly be the most normal reaction. Like our ancestors probably would have vomited on contact, um, seeing information or seeing media like that, you know, cause it'd be healthy, but just another thing. Oh, and also this movie, this Behind the Green Door movie that came out in 72 that shows the first interracial sex scene. There's a scene, I didn't watch this movie, but there's this there's this scene that's like a psychedelic sequence in the movie, supposedly. And it shows semen flying through the air and it lasts for seven minutes. So this could have been the beginning of of that kind of narrative that that runs through a lot of the you know more hardcore pornography of of this genre. And isn't it interesting that they consider this movie to be hardcore heterosexual under the genre, but in this movie, this woman has lesbian sex too. So I guess they consider lesbian sex to be part of the heterosexual genre. I guess because neither sex is put off by that as much as they are by two men together. Maybe that's why I don't, I don't know, but yeah, just stuff like this in these movies, just like if we look at regular movies, like a lot of people have done shows about, and I've talked about this on shows in the past, how even regular Hollywood movies, they have programming in them. Someone even said in the comments before, like how even Disney lays these things in movies. So when they actually can get you turned on and show nudity and have you have a sexual reflex, then they really get you, right? Then they really, really can get you. So something to bet definitely be said of, of how deep this agenda goes. It could make people want to be bimbos, male or female. It can promote miscegenation, incest, domestic violence, pedophilia, then the need to get plastic surgery. It's just, it's a, it's a crazy door. This, this door that opens all this, right? Bestiality, um, the dude Sean is saying. Yeah, that's something that's actually in pornography too. Um, yeah, that's awful, actually. Um, and there's actually that. There's actually, I think there was a, a website. I'm not sure if it's still up. It used to be called Beastie Boy. Not like the Beastie Boys, but I think they spelled it differently. But it was a website for bestiality actually. And the dude, Sean says, regular TV is harmful enough. Absolutely. Ranseric is saying white guys with black girls has become much popular in the city areas around me. Imagine waking up next to that poo skin. 
Yeah, I see that all the time. That's like the newest thing. Is I don't, the thing I'm just thinking about is there a lot of pornography in that genre of white men with black women? Like I always thought when I'm speaking about you know interracial porn, it's typically a, a white woman with a black man. But maybe there's porn out there that white guys are watching of like black women. I I can't imagine. But I mean, stranger things have happened, you know. Yeah, and Epiphany's right. This even the stuff they let on TV these days is like. It's so like, actually, I had seen something recently like this Jackass movie, this new Jackass movie that all the guys, I mean, that show has been really crass and gross anyway, but there's this new Jackass movie. It might as well, the entire movie might as well be a gay porn. All the guys are doing all these gross skits, like pouring hot sauce in each other's butts and then like farting it out or putting powder in each other's butts and farting it out. Uh, just absolute crazy stuff putting their penises in this like clamp and then playing this um this ping pong game and they they actually literally showed their penises like regular tv is essentially more intensely pornographic than the actual hardcore porn of like the 80s or the 70s like that's that's where we are now where are we going to be in 20 years I mean, you know, we all know that they want all those things in the Talmud to become true. Like they probably want to essentially not legalize, but like legally socialize people to accept that like in, in public. I mean, this is crazy. The dude Sean is saying all the propaganda and the TV cause a trance. Oh, yeah. The news always do that thing with the hypnotic like circle, like going around a lot of news broadcasts, like start off like that. Juan Sanchez Villalobos Ramirez wants to know, White Wellness, are we still taking down the Zog machine? Yes, we are. Rensarek, the porn of white guys and black girls is supposedly popular. Oh, I, dude at work showed everyone a Twitter page with black women downing black men and women who don't date uh, white men. Interesting. So I guess that's that's a growing... I guess it has to have a genesis somewhere. That's that's one of the most odd pairings to me. I mean, the white woman with the black guy is also odd, but I guess I've been visually kind of seen it. I've seen it more my whole life, right? But this that's just a weird one. I don't know. Just like when you think about the rape stats, like oh, like it's always, you know, black men attacking white women. It's it's never like the opposite. Like it's what like 0.2% or something. So it's just it's so bizarre crazy okay moving on with some more material for this broadcast Rancerica is saying i imagine getting beat up by a black guy gets gets old but still disgusting yeah maybe it's that which is it's terrible that's that's i mean that's that's a no one should be being abused you know in a relationship whether it's domestic abuse or other um but that yeah that is horrible just to think about that but still the race mixing there's no excuse for the race mixing so crazy so knowing all this crazy shit about all the stuff they're doing with pornography you know what sex is actually supposed to be not any of the stuff that we talked about for like the last hour plus but there's a little passage i just want to read right here from one of my books called the complete system of self-healing by stephen t chong and it's got like some Taoist healing stuff in here, but here's a little, just a little tiny blurb about what sex actually is supposed to be. Taoism was the first philosophy to take human sexuality fully into account. 
to present it in such a way that people could use their sexual energy to transform themselves. Taoist sexuality directs people so they can enjoy sexual play without depleting themselves, explains how to strengthen the sexual organs and use sexual energy to cure specific ailments, strengthen the bond of love, elucidates various positions of therapeutic intercourse, provides natural methods of family planning and eugenics, even includes ways of selecting the sex of your child, not gender. So look at that. Look how amazing and healthy sex could be. It looks like they've sold us all a terrible bill of goods and wanting to get us exposed and habituated to all types of really just soul-sucking media. If there wasn't enough soul-sucking media out there in general, you know, then you have porn, which you add into the mix, and it really gets pretty, pretty intense from there on in, right? And then when you throw in all this Talmudic confusion of what sex you are, we have enough problems already between men and women, you know, with this divide and conquer and this all this pitting us against each other. When you throw in all this confusion with the transsexual, the TS agenda, it gets really, you know, it gets it gets even thicker. It becomes even more like now. I mean, it's even hard to tell, like, who's who, like what sex is, is which. It's, it's gotten that bad. So what else did I want to mention for this show? Oh, yeah, a little bit about, I think I'm going to save the Ajna Chakra stuff for next week and just make this kind of like uh, not part of my my series on that. Well, I guess it's all part of the same series, just to save that information for next week because there's just so much here with this topic. I have like an overflow of information, so I want to save some of it for for next for next week or, you know, weeks weeks. Um, prior. So unfortunately, when people watch pornography, especially men, it gives them like this porn mindset of like, just need to get off versus like the Tantra mindset that kind of sees, you know, the melding together, you know, let's actually enjoy each other as opposed to just, you know, there's a whole, you know, I've got to, you know, satisfy. It's almost like fast food. Like there's a lot of correlation between, you know, fast food and pornography. So I wanted to go through this uh, link about this, uh, yeah, this little bit of email that I have that link, just information I have right here about uh, pornography and how this all works together. Let's just find it right here. Hmm. Where did I put it? No, that's not it. Oh, it's probably on the next page over. Okay. There we go. All right, so this is about a common dynamic that's probably happening a lot today, just like with youngsters looking at porn. That's that's part of the problem, of course, and that's a, that's a serious problem, especially since it's shaping our brains. But a problem that's happening when men are looking at pornography and then how this affects the relationship and how this affects the man. So here's kind of like a, a, a mock situation of how this would happen. A woman comes to a therapist or a sex therapist believing there is something wrong with her as she cannot experience orgasm during sexual encounters with her mate. She feels numb to pleasure, stays in her masculine energy all day, and she thinks she is broken. He expresses he cannot last very long at all during sex. He's tired, does not have much time alone, and he is not so excited by their interaction because she is not experiencing much pleasure. 
and he uses a lot of pornographic media to get, quote, off. The stark reality is if your partner is jerking off to pornography and then comes to you with an unable to last, last very long or at all, it comes to the real situation of making, when it isn't able to last very long at all when it comes to the real situation of making love to you, rushes the act or is even pushy and a little aggressive when it comes to sex, then you need to have your hard boundary of no. Your body is not a vessel to masturbate inside of. When a man has a habit of watching pornographic media, which many people, men do, um, and using it when they are depressed, angry, pissed off, or bored, this will create neural pathways, going back to what we said in the beginning of the broadcast, that the ejaculation, and remember with porn, a big part of porn is the ejaculation, right? Is the release of seminal fluid. And of course, a man can have an orgasm without ejaculation. Most of the time, most women are familiar with having an orgasm, you know, with, without, if a woman is, is someone who can squirt, then she will have an orgasm with ejaculation or have the orgasm separate from the ejaculation. But for men, most of the time it's tied together. And a lot of pornography, of course, features this as a, as a highlight, just like we talked about earlier in that 1972 movie Behind the Green Door, there's a seven minute scene of, of semen just, you know, flowing through the air, this psychedelic scene. So when you decide to beat off and watch porn, when you're depressed, angry, pissed, bored, whatever, this creates a neural pathway or neural pathways that make your ejaculation linked to the emotions Ejaculation is fast and furious race for the perceived freedom from these emotions. The ejaculation becomes a race. It's connected to violation of the female body. Ejaculation is connected to the mis misogyny, lack of boundaries, and the absence of consent and conversation. It becomes connected to the stress of being found out or caught. The ejaculation is connected to shame and guilt, and it's connected to entertainment. So none of this has anything to do with the actual female body or lovemaking with a woman. It creates the loop that a man doesn't even really give a shit about the woman's experience or body, nor, this is very important, it's all very important, but this is probably, this, this, that part I just read is probably known. This is not as known. Nor cultivates any sense of power within the man because he has no freedom. So power is enigmatic to men. Watching porn diminishes this to nothing. So pornography takes a man's power away. And interestingly, on the flip side, when a man makes love to a woman and sexually satisfies her deeply, that's when he's like feeling very powerful, right? So it's the opposite. See how they use something like sex to abuse people? They know how to, how to abuse people and they do it psychologically. A man's power and freedom lies in his ejaculation choice. If your man is unable to enter you with the power that no, no matter how hot and juicy and wet and erotic it feels, he can breathe through that and let the glory for as long as he chooses, then he is not in his power. And we know how sexy a powerful man is. And of course, no one can do the work like this for somebody else or even consider it. You know, you have to do it yourself, obviously. The game changer uh, is that if your mate is watching porn, they're free to watch porn, but... You, they don't get to use your body for masturbation purposes. So the stark reality is that it's better not to have sex than to have shitty encounters. Because every time you open your legs for sex and receive disappointment or just want it to be over with or partake in it just to get him off of you, 
your nervous system burrows deeper into numbness and you move further away from orgasms because you do not have your yoni back. Uh, she knows well she is numb now. So yeah, actually when men are addicted to porn and they have mates, it actually leads to the mate essentially developing in orgasmia. And then that will make the relationship fall apart. Actually, I think sexual lack of sexual satisfaction is one of the main three reasons why people um, divorce or part ways. So yeah, this this is um, you know the raw the raw truth, but this is this is what it is. And I mean, the thing is that there's so much magic within having good sex, but when you're stuck in that like porn mold all you know is what you know and it's like hard to break out of it because it's like this space that it's what you know to be safe and reliable it's almost like someone who eats junk food and like their belly gets filled up by eating like you know chick-fil-a or some zio sludge but they don't know how to like make the choice to eat you know something healthy and they end up eating like you know dog shit every day instead it just takes being able to i guess rewire the brain we've got some messages right here um, what? Ugh. There's a lowlife here in the chat saying that I sound fat and I prefer to blow loads, drop loads like a dump truck. I'm going to ban this person from the chat. How do I do this? Ugh, I don't even know how to do this right now. Let's see. Okay, I'm blocking this person. Disgusting. Okay. Disgusting. And we're, we're doing a show here about, um, about all the problems in the world, that person is one of the problems in the world. See, that's the thing. Even if someone knows about Zog, you'll still get people like this who know about Zog, but are just, you know, I mean, they're not Aryan. So, you know, like last week on the show, white versus Aryan, right? Yeah, that was a neo-white for sure, Ransarek. Disgusting. <laughs> We're trying to have a, a an adult intellectual uh, white racial conversation about sex in like a holistic way and we don't need low-life comments like that so all right moving on moving on to a little bit more material so yeah we can see the negative cumulative effects of this and with lack of physical intimacy being one of the top three reasons for divorce and supposedly lack of common interest is the least isn't that interesting that lack of common interest is the least. So I guess if you if you have the common interest of having sex with each other, then it's okay if, you know, he likes to rock climb and, and she likes to do Pilates, right? So, so when you do connect with a person, your relationship's going to be better. So it's no one's going to be, you know, probably nagging. There's going to be less, less nagging and bickering and complaining because the other person is satisfied and you too on a deeper level, right? And it's not just about sex happening in the bedroom, it's happening all day. And that's what porn really um, squelches or takes advantage of with people is that they expect people to just kind of be in this total like stressed like Zog mode all day. And then all of a sudden they're gonna be like, oh yeah, let me see like someone having sex. Now I'm turned on, let's have sex. Let's come as quickly as possible. Like let's watch Netflix. Like that's that's kind of what they've created, which is really a terrible pattern when sex should really be happening all the time. And by sex, I don't mean like intercourse 24-7. That's impossible and not advisable anyway. 
but it's not just about having sex in the bedroom. It's happening all day with like flirting with each other, intrigue, suggestion, play, wanting. So ha doing that kind of dance with each other and knowing what the other person likes or wants too, I think is, is often, is often an aspect of it. Cause some people are just afraid to ask for what they want sexually. I guess we're kind of being conditioned to, to not ask, which is just kind of weird that you can expose yourself to someone in like that very vulnerable way of, of, you know, having sex or making love to them. But then like, they really don't know what you want in that domain. So that's kind of kind of interesting when you when you think about it that way. But it kind of just goes hand in hand with this culture that we have. And I mean, the porn culture that we really have now in this world, it kind of reminds me of like the whole idea of Zog promoting extremes, the whole idea of um, the macrobiotic or like Taoist mantra of the bigger the front, the bigger the back. It's all kind of intertwined it's almost how originally like many hundreds of years ago we had a very puritanical like extian culture here in the states right and now we have a porn culture but they're both extremes right and i mean a lot of the extian stuff is pretty pornographic like those pictures of like jc suffering looking like a skeleton thorns around his head bleeding heart that's all pretty pornographic that looks like slasher porn or torture porn to me personally I look I was I remember seeing those images as a youngster and being like this is so disgusting like this is this is something good like this is we want to emulate this like no so yeah there's a reason why I think it's so zoggy and I think it was Aldix Huxley who had said at one point that when you live in a society and there's so much kind of sexual quote freedom or what we assume to be sexual freedom but it was really just sexual degeneracy at the end of the day when there's so much of that in society then eventually that's going to be the sign that society is like kind of like going into a very different territory they're almost using people's uh, lack of tuning into their own innate sexuality they're using that as a tool to push this kind of sex positive culture and part of that sex positive culture, of course, is transsexualism, which is just transhumanism. That's all transsexualism is. It's a bridge to transhumanism. A lot of the plastic surgery culture is the same. So, yeah, it's, um, it's a fucked up situation for sure. Let's see how much time we've got left in the chat. Um, not too, not too much. Not too much time. I've got a couple of minutes left. What else could I talk about in this small amount of time for the broadcast if anyone has any questions or comments that they want to write in the um the chat box that would be the time to do it because we only have a couple of minutes left on the broadcast but gosh we covered a lot on this show everything from the origins of the word pornography which of course could possibly be an inversion just like the inversion of the word prostitute that we talked about a couple of weeks back some very horrifying stats on pornography and how it affects children as well as the mind and behavior. We talked about just just porn in general, just what it is and just the negative effects it has. Bimbofication, uh, BDSM, monogenism, uh, miscegenation. I mean, essentially every uh, revolting theme in society 
much of it is tied to this this pornographic culture and now people are actually altering their bodies they're they're more than their avatar they're altering their physical bodies to look like something that is pornified and i guess the word pornified is almost like it's grotesque it's a shame that something so beautiful such as you know sacred lovemaking between two people which should really be like a very energetic like amazingly nourishing experience how it could get debased and and defiled and devalued and become this like this vile thing where you just you know shoot a load in a hole and and, you know and, and move and go away it's awful that they've done that to such a sacred act but they would have to do that because they know it's so powerful and so sacred that's why i said at the beginning of the show that sex is the biggest um the biggest rabbi hole out there it, it truly is it controls so much of our conditioning especially especially our early conditioning of um, when we were youngsters nicholas is saying excellent but intense show thank you epiphany is saying have a great evening everyone yeah you're welcome thanks for listening um live in the chat so i think at this point i'll close out the show i'm going to save what i have for next week we'll talk about some of these themes then and some some other stuff some more appetizing information but yeah that's it so you have just come to the end of the come culture on white wellness radio i am your host tabitha i hope you enjoyed this show Uh, shocking information, intense, share it with other humans if you feel inclined to do so um, we can really get some some intellectual movement going with um, these issues in the world and and who's at the root of um, perpetuating these these things onto society, right? We need to always know the root. Many people are exposing what's going on, but we need to get to the root and that's what a racialist broadcast does. We get to the root. So thank you for joining me on this broadcast. I hope you have an amazing Tuesday and I will see everyone soon on the next broadcast. Remember to follow me on uh, Telegram, Patreon, Twitter, and that's all. And check out the archives. Okay, everybody. Satnam.